Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I just took a nap and I'm feeling buttery. You ever get like that? You wake up from a nap and you just like drip out of bed. I I haven't really had a successful nap lately. So luxurious. I mean, it's successful and then I lose consciousness, but I never regain consciousness and feel like that was oh no yeah that, nobody does that okay <laughs> nobody there are people out there who are you know big nap fans i would consider myself i guess among their number but i yeah. never wake up from a nap like ah that was the sleep i needed <laughs> i was yeah. missing that sleep and now that i have it i've got everything i need to tackle the day the way i need to um i more just kind of um pour out of bed into a griffin shaped mold and I'm ready to, to very slowly trudge. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll w- w- pour hot water on my body in the shower, and then I'll be wet and tired. Yeah. <laughs> which is better in yeah. some ways. Um, I'm sorry you haven't been having good naps, though, lately, honey. You need them more than anyone I know, I think. What happens a lot of times is I will lay down in bed, and I will just kind of fade in and out until I look at the clock and feel like that's been enough time to fade in and out. No, oh, that's too bad. You got to get into you got to get into some. It's mantras. such a luxury. The fact that I can even do that at all feels yeah. good enough to me, honestly. I guess so. Yeah, it's better than nothing. I'm used to working in an office where you can't sneak a nap in. Yeah, and so this feels like a real treat. You should let me next time you do a nap. Let me do sort of bespoke white noise for you. <laughs> Just sort of a Michael Winslow sleep experience. You think that's what I need? Yeah. Okay. Because I know you like train, being on train, fall asleep on train. Fall asleep on chugga, train. Chugga, 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 <laughs> chugga. Ha, ba, 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 Apples and pears, apples and pears. That's the people talking on the train. <laughs> apples and pears, apples and pears. <laughs> that would really direct my dream in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah. It, and, but it would knock you out, definitely, for sure. And I would definitely dream about fruit. And, well, the fruit train. Choo-choo, baby. Hey, do you have any small wonders? I do. I don't think I've said this before, and the fact that I'm not sure says a lot about our podcast, and Uh-oh. that is bulk trash pickup. <laughs> I think you have talked about bulk trash pickup. For real? I think so. I See, I feel like this is the first time we really leaned into it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, we just have a lot of uh, kid stuff. Yes. Let's say. And uh, it's kid stuff that I don't think anybody else would want. No. Uh, it has been well used and somewhat broken. Yeah. And uh, it's on our curb. And, and, pe- and some- at, <laughs> at some point, somebody's going to take it. Yeah. The city. The city going to take it. And if not, maybe somebody else will. We've definitely put stuff out there earlier in the week that is not there anymore. Yeah. And I hope found a good home. Yeah, it's uh it's it's clutch and I don't I've never lived in another place that did it that did that did that style of thing. I don't think they did it in Chicago or at least maybe not on the, oh. the street that I live. Well, that's cuz you just like put your stuff in the alley and just hope for the best. <laughs> that is what I did when I moved away. Is I, I mean, that's th- how I got like my couch when I lived in Chicago. You got an alley couch? Uh, the first place I lived, yeah, we got an alley couch. All right. I mean, I put a mattress out there that was pretty good, and then I went back inside, and I packed up a box, and then I took another bag of trash out, and by that point, the mattress was gone. <laughs> it's incredible. Miracle Alley. Chicago Miracle Disappearance. My alleys. roommate got our kitchen table, and he may or may not have accidentally stolen that from somebody who was moving. Oh, Because it was not next to a dumpster, and he was like, I'm pretty sure they were throwing it out. It was in the parking lot. And I was like, but was it next to the dumpster? And he's it was like, a table? Well, no, it was a table and chairs. 
Yeah, you, that's it, not the looked, sort of thing you just leave outside it without. Good. Intent. There was no noticeable flaw to it. I mean, I, I would take it home. Yeah, you would. <laughs> You'd take any table and chairs home, babe. What is your cylinder? <laughs> I'm just going to say all of our reality TV competition shows are really good this season. And I want to say everyone is doing, a, is, is doing a pretty good job with it. Yeah, just we, we just finished The Circle and bon- we... Bonkers how good that season and was. And we are getting caught up on Survivor. Bonkers how good this season is. Yeah. The game elevated to a really fun place. Uh, Top Chef, pretty fun this season. It's just good. It's a good, it's a good time of year. We are for, super far behind in Top Chef. Though. We are. but And it's good that we have this reality competition to entertain us because the reality competition that is hockey is, 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 is now over. over. Yeah. Maybe the most heartbreaking ending to a game, definitely to a season that yeah. I've ever experienced since watching. Literally, hockey. they lost it in the last five seconds of the game. Yes. Um, it was. You can't even try and convince yourself they're going to catch up when there's only five seconds left. Yeah. They were really scrappy and like fought their way back, and it was a really intense game. And then the Colorado Avalanche scored with, I think, six seconds left on the clock. And it's like, well, fun, fun sport. Fun yeah. sport and game. Glad yeah. we watched it. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. I mean, there's other teams still playing, but... Colorado for one. Colorado <laughs> is one of them. Yeah, th- we are spiteful, I would say, sports fans, and that now we we will simply root for anybody who can... We have a bounty out on the Colorado. Yeah, Avalanche. I don't know much about Edmonton, but best of luck to you. Good, get them, Oilers. Get oily in there. Get super oily. I go first this week, and okay. mine... This is This is one of my more, I would say, lightweight topics. Oh, I like I like when you do those, honestly. It's like a little treat. Yeah. Well, this one's going to be a treat for you then, because it is when a baby stares you down on an airplane. Oh, I know what motivated this one. I saw a, tick, a ticky tock, and I showed it to Rachel, uh, and it is of just a very round child, very spherical sort of infant, uh, just staring at the videographer, Caddy Corner, on an airplane, just like eyes bulging out of their head like i know what you fucking did dude. <laughs> i know it's not even like a passive i'm staring off into space like a, yeah. hey i see you it's like what did you say to my wife like that <laughs> level of ooh. yeah um it's a very it's a very good TikTok. Do you, this may best. just be me but do you when you see babies that are that round get kind of jealous yeah, we never had like a. I mean, Gus is getting well, Gus. Is, Gus is filling out nicely. The, it's mostly in the belly, though. That's true. Like he doesn't carry it anywhere else. And so but that's a good place for. A I mean, baby it's a good kiss. place. For, yeah, but but the head when the head is big and yeah. the cheeks are big. Yeah, and you can't even see their neck. When Gus was born, that boy's head was a a like regulation size softball. Like yeah. it was. Perfectly. Well, and you couldn't even, he has a birthmark on his neck and you couldn't even see it. The skin was so folded over. Yeah, he's a real <laughs> I remember chonkster. taking him to his first appointment. The pediatrician was like, oh. And I was like, oh, we had not even seen that yet. And I then, didn't know that was there. And then he, we were like, all right, man, time to time to breastfeed. And he'd be like, okay, I, I, like this. It's like, no, dummy. Come on, dude. Um. Yeah. No. I. I get. I do feel a little bit jealous, but mostly I feel it's, it's, it's just a great joy, a great joy well up inside <laughs> of me. I've been talking about this with Rachel a lot lately. In that, like, in that we are done having children and we'll never have another one. Well, oh, for sure. <laughs> um. But also that, like, I was 
wicked not a kid person especially a baby person before we had a baby and now that we have kids i am like wicked a kid person i don't know that you were like particularly not a kid person it wasn't like you disliked kids. no it's not that i disliked them it's that i was constantly worried that they disliked me like i was so i was so uncomfortable about how to appeal to a child or how to you know brass tack stuff like how to hold a baby right i remember the first time i held charlie i was like i am going to drop her and she'll die and it will be the end of our family (laughs) um but i i don't know you get over that pretty fast but it takes a little bit longer to get over the like what am i doing like what do you want what do you need from me can i provide it i don't think so yeah no i think i think part of the reason you're so good is that you commit I feel like this is true of of a lot of things in your life, but I will say, particularly when dealing with kids, there is no like half-ass like, oh, I'm a pony and yeah, I guess you're in charge of me as the knight or whatever. I mean, anyone I think could tell you that that's just bad play. (laughs) That's just bad imagination. Griffin Griffin is the character. He has a backstory. He has a voice. uh, He has motivation. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Costumes sometimes. Yeah. Makeup. An arc. An arc. Uh, hero's journey. <laughs> um, but man, the highlight of any sort of child experience for me is when a baby stares you down on an airplane. Um, because it's just like, it's just a highlight of the travel experience because sometimes they're just like across the aisle from you, just like staring you down. And then you can have like a moment with the the parents or guardian yeah. who are just like looking down at them and then looking at you just to make sure that you're cool and you can smile and be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. This is fucking great. <laughs> I will uh, say as the parent of a baby that often engages with strangers on an airplane, like I do enjoy when the stranger is into it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You play with my kids, so I yeah. don't Yeah, and when they ooh and ah at them, it's like, yes, little guy, you're fucking slaying right now. You are crushing it. You have them in the palm of your hand. Uh, it's very, very gratifying as a parent. Less, It's less good, but still pretty good when they're in the aisle in front of you and like peeking at you in the cracks between the seats because you can't interface with the parents and let them yeah. know like this is, i'm okay with this are you okay with this because i'm okay with this and you feel like you know i shouldn't get this little baby too riled up maybe they're trying to get him to sleep like you can't get that yeah. that communication going but the fat face squishing between the two chair seats still, go- still very good. good i will say and this is probably true of every parent like time goes so slow on an airplane when mm-hmm. you have children with you you yes. are just desperate for anything that will keep your child occupied for more than five minutes. And I don't know that you can get five minutes of staring at a stranger, but if it's possible, I would be on board. Yes, absolutely. We are, I would say you and I are very polite people in general. Like we are, etiquette is a, if not etiquette, then just like being considerate is a is a priority for us, I would yeah, say. Yeah. In all things, we never want to be, uh, we never want to, Offend isn't the right word because obviously, like, we're not out there trying disrupt. to do that. But disrupt, yeah, somebody's yeah. experience. And um, bringing a child on a plane is the absolute fucking psychic crucible for that sort of personality trait. Yeah, because you're trapped, right? Like, if you bring a kid to a restaurant, there is always the, like, you know what, we can just get out of here. Yeah. It, my feeling about being inconvenienced on an airplane because of a child has has is has been reversed since we have become the people bringing children on a plane, and I think that that is hopefully a universal thing. Although what, I will say, oh, 
Here she goes. Go off. Go off. <laughs> you got to bring something for your kid to do. That is, yeah, a rookie I do move. get a little judgy sometimes if a parent doesn't have a uh, something for their kid to do. Because I'm like, hey, did, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to pack, like, a backpack full yeah. of things. Or if not that, at least a crinkly paper bag. Yes, a crinkly paper bag. Our jam with Henry when he was a baby is we would sit down and pull out the in-flight magazine and hand it to him. And he would tear that shit up like the fucking- Like literally rip it up. Taz, and now the we Tasmanian can't devil. That. Now we can't do that. Wait, why we can't we do they that? They don't have the magazines anymore because of the germs. Oh, yeah. Thanks for nothing, COVID. <laughs> this this was the final straw. This was the big thing for me. <laughs> um, even like, I would say major breaches of etiquette, like the kicking of the back of my chair. Uh, it's borderline for me, but also like- I know that the parents are probably, uh, if they are decent human beings, like also uncomfortable with that, like also wish their kids weren't doing that and also felt guilty for for that. And so the last thing I want to do is ever make it harder for another yeah. parent to be on an airplane. I will never forget. It was after Henry was born, I think. We were flying and we were seated next to this very young couple Is this the that had story? a little girl who was just screaming, literally yeah. wheels up to wheels down. And yeah. right as they were coming into land, she she vomited like everywhere. All over and the mom. the mom was bawling, crying. Yeah, the dad was like frantically tears. trying to clean yeah. it up. And she was apologizing to everyone. Yeah. And I was like, dude. You are so good. Like, you're so money right now. You yeah. don't even know it. I remember that. Like, I almost started crying. I felt so bad for that woman. Because you could tell, like, they were genuinely worried about their child because this child would not stop screaming. Yeah. And then the vomit. And then she was fine. But there's no way to, like, really uh, <laughs> sort of, like, let it tell them in that moment, like, hey, don't worry about us. You worry about what's going on over there. We can handle screaming and <laughs> yeah. puke smell. Like we're we are totally good right I now. I don't think we had Henry yet. Maybe we did. Because I feel like that informed my parenting in a big way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think that it also the first time we took Henry on a flight, we were like fucking loaded up with yeah. with things. We had we were like backpacking but from <laughs> one flight to another. Um but yeah, man, I just I, I tried to do a little research on why babies stare at you, and the results were inconclusive. <laughs> because it could also, it could no. just be like, your hair is a strange color. I really wanted you to crack that for us, Griffin. Well, sometimes the one thing that I did find is that, it, okay, you look fascinating, and the baby's brain is like developing rapidly, and so they just get easily enchanted by you. Uh, or they're very tired. Because when babies yeah. get tired, they just do this 100-yard stare, which I... Also, I would say do <laughs> that. And also, I would say that pretty much any time I'm on an airplane, you can almost guarantee that I am tired because I've probably woken up at an odd hour or I am touring and am therefore just constantly chronically tired. And so I'm sure I probably have, have given folks a few yeah. uh, uneasy stare downs on airplanes before. And I'm an adult man. It's not cute when I do it. <laughs> it's creepy. It's 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 creepy and weird and and bad. Um, I just love it. I love when babies do these like these breaches of etiquette that are 
when you look at how just spherical and audaciously they are doing this thing, it just like amplifies it to <laughs> how like, spherically they're doing this. How thing. spherically they're doing it, it just <laughs> amplifies it to just an audacious degree. I just love it. I love it. It's so comical. <laughs> I like a big baby. Uh, were you going to talk about the history of baby staring? or So the first baby to ever <laughs> stare, his name was Big Richard. Big Richard was born in 1907. And he took uh, the first airplane. <laughs> There's a big painting of him, and he's just got big bug eyes. Big bug eyes. <laughs> but he looks like an adult man because uh-huh. they didn't know how to paint babies back then. And the flight attendant on that, on that first flight is like, what is that? What is that little gremlin doing? Because they didn't know babies like to do a stare. Well, and they didn't have airplanes either. They didn't so. have airplanes yet. <laughs> it was the first airplane. <laughs> hey, can I see you away? Yes. Cool. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Got a couple grandpa bombs here, and this first one I would love to read. It is for a numb, and it is from Tyler, who says, Happy super belated six-year anniversary, Anum. I love sharing every moment of my life with you, and that absolutely includes listening to our favorite podcasting family together. That's the Greens. 
It's Hank and John. Oh, you think you would think it's us, but this says here <laughs> supplemental materials. It's not you, you freaking egotistical maniac. Wow, they have I'm enough talk- characters. I know. Anyway, um, maybe we're listening to it together right now as we're brushing our teeth or taking a drive. But wherever we are, I'm just happy to be there with you. Babe, should we be listening to podcasts together? While we, we brush our teeth? Well, just ever. We never do that. Um, I mean, I don't listen to podcasts because it's, uh, you know, it's just like a <laughs> bunch of just talking. Nobody. Right? nobody. <laughs> yeah. Why even listen to podcasts at all, it's really? Like, wah, wah, Turbo Teen, wah, wah, Pokemon cards. <laughs> That's pretty much all it like. I've been doing it for a long time now. That's all it is, it folks. It is, yeah. And they give you money for it. You want to read the next? Who's they? The, um, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want to do the next one? Yes, this is for Chloe. It is from Dustin. Hey, Chloe, I'm so incredibly lucky to have met you and wanted to let you know. And I figured since we met, thanks to a certain Ding Dong podcast, What better way to show it than through your favorite McElroy show, Wonderful? Because no one is more wonderful than you. I'm so excited to spend our lives together. I love you, Dustin. Were they the Ding Dong podcast being mentioned? It could have been any of our... Actually, I think of all of the podcasts that I do, this one I think is the least qualified as a Ding Dong podcast. Oh, thanks, honey. <laughs> I'm saying you really elevate it. That means a lot to me. To another level. And so maybe it's just a dong podcast or a what ding. What is your most ding dong podcast? I mean, probably Hog Wild. Oh, yeah. Tell you me about You know that show, Hog Wild? No, I haven't. I haven't listened to that one. It's, it's that one. one. It's a, it's, I mean, it's a, you know, we play characters, right? Uh-huh. Like it's very like accentuated versions you of ourselves. You and your brothers? Yeah, or? but okay. we don't usually, you know, and we just talk about. Hogs? Hogs. <laughs> Pork it. I gotta listen to this. You don't. Please don't. You'll leave me. <laughs> They'll all leave me. I think we have our bonus content for next. Uh, oh, Lord. Next. You bonus. don't want to be anywhere near that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, Yeah, completely. Our, Our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Kasia. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> I'm Lori Kilbarton. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total with <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie Laurie Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make one complete woman. Is that just what that one's going to end? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh, my God, every episode. It's a good job. Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun.
You want to know my thing? Yes. Weather forecasting. You love this stuff. I always have to know what the weather is and what it is going to be. Did you know that the Weather Channel just started a streaming network? This is not a joke. Isn't that what the Weather Channel is? Like, what is the difference? I mean, the Weather Channel is a TV station. This is like a streaming, I guess, on-demand situation where, wait, I'm saying this out loud. (laughs) Like, how is it different? Is it just one is on the cable box and one is on the internet? Is it the same program? Because as I understand it, the Weather Channel is all weather-related content all the time. What is the streaming platform? The Weather Channel dedicated it launched a dedicated streaming service this month. It's $3 a month. You get extra bonus or weather. Or $30 a year. You get bonus <laughs> weather. The app's main screen is an always-on stream that replicates exactly what you'd see on cable. And then... <laughs> <laughs> It's for people who don't want to pay for cable, right? But want weather. But want weather. <laughs> you can say, I get it, man. You know, if they had weather bloopers just, you know, for like two hours a day. What's I would a weather be, blooper look like? It's like when a weather person is like pointing at the map, but like they accidentally aren't or they just did. They're giggling about something they just saw earlier, you know. Yeah. Um, who watches the weather change? Who watches the weather channel? I do. If there is an emergency, this is the thing. Well, yeah, that's right. This is the thing about weather forecasting. So in my head, when I thought of this topic, I was like, how nice is it to know whether or not your weekend's going to be sunny? Yeah. (laughs) And then I was researching and I was like, oh, shoot, people never knew when their entire city was going to fall apart due to some kind of natural disaster. And weather forecasting really improved the quality of lives for people. So, hey guess my sunny weekend isn't the only reason to be excited yes, about forecasting. I received my sort of atmospheric prognostication from, from Mr. Al Roker and my local weather weather people. Yeah, of course. I never, but I didn't have my, I never really saw the need to go onto a dedicated channel for it. Like that, that service was being provided to me in the middle yeah, of my Yeah, but Today only show. infrequently, right? Like, you know, only on the ones or whatever. Like, not all the time. I guess so. Al Roker never kicked my door and, like, it's about to fucking rain. And a lot of times, get too. Get out of here. A lot of times, too, they knew that was why that you were there. And they would be like, we'll get to the weather right after the break. And you'd be sitting there, like, oh, God, I just want that weather. <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> Don't I don't really know. It guides your outfit choice. One. Okay. Two, like if you have an event coming up that you're looking forward to that could potentially get rained out, you're interested in that. Yeah. Three, if you're like in an area where you're like, oh, maybe I'll get a snow day, aren't you super interested? Like, let's see how that snow's looking. Yeah, I guess so. I mostly just wanted to see Katie Kirk's incredible blazers. <laughs> so glad you said blazers. <laughs> what should I have said? So weather, yeah. can I talk about it? Sure. Uh, so the big event that I feel like really kind of accelerated the whole weather forecasting field is the Galveston hurricane in 1900. Oh, wow. Okay. So in 1890, the Weather Service is identified as an, a civilian agency at the request of President Benjamin Harrison. Uh, and there is a newly created U.S. Weather Bureau in the Department of Agriculture. So they're just kind of saying like, hey, weather's important. Maybe we should put some guys on that. <laughs> it's it, it's 
uh, I don't know. I th- feel like 1890 is about what I would have guessed the the point in time where uh, Americans then, were like, we should start thinking about weather, guys. Okay, so the Galveston Hurricane, 1900. Uh, so this, the way the information traveled was real slow for obvious reasons. First of all, August 27th, which was like a week before the storm happened, there was a ship that detected a tropical cyclone. And as it's moving through the Caribbean, the uh, Dominican Republic gets hit September 2nd, but it's still a weak tropical storm. And then on the 4th, they start getting warnings in Washington, D.C. that there is a tropical disturbance heading over Cuba. They didn't use the word hurricane or tornado at the time to avoid panicking people. (laughs) So one, that's a problem. Yeah, no kidding. Two, this is right after the Spanish-American War. There's a lot of tension between the U.S. and Cuba. And so the director at the time of the the Weather Service was like, we don't take telegraphs from Cuba. So they just... They just didn't. So just a lot they, of they just ball it. dropping across the board, it sounds like. Also, that director forced uh, local offices to seek authorization before issuing storm warnings. So if you were going to say like, hey, warning, you'd have to first check it out over yeah. in D.C. and be like, hey, can I say warning? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, I don't know. Let me get back to you. Hey, the roof just got went away from my house. My house and roof were separated. Can I tell some people about this? So September 8th hits. Uh, and it's just kind of cloudy. They can't really see a lot of what's happening. So nobody leaves Galveston. And then the storm hits, levels the town, and kills approximately 8,000 people. 8,000? Yes. Yeah. It goes up through Galveston. It goes through the country. Like the after effects of that storm are tremendous. But this is like the most devastating national disaster. I, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Uh, so in my head, I'm thinking this is where people are like, hey, we need to get on this forecasting thing. Yeah. Because nobody did, nobody went anywhere. Nobody did anything. Everyone's like, looks good to me. And that was it. And then like the town is leveled entirely. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of it is due to technology. If you think about 1900, like ships, you know, like how are you getting there? There aren't. Yell real loud. (laughs) Like I was literally reading about like kites and balloons like let's send something up into the air and yeah. try and get something um and it but moves. the problem with it is if you try to do a kite in the middle of a tropical storm i think what, uh, the other thing that motivated it so 1927 the weather bureau established a west coast prototype for an airways meteorol meteorological it's hard for me to say. You got it. Meteorological Society, because Charles Lindbergh is doing his big, like, nonstop, you know, New York to Paris, like, I'm going to show off on my plane kind yeah. of thing. And they're like, oh, hey, we need to start paying attention to what's happening in the sky because people aren't going to survive really terrible storms in these yeah. rickety planes that we're making. Uh, and so they're starting to focus on aircraft. And then in 1935 is when they established the Hurricane Warning Service. Which so just a good 35 years. fucking years. I know. I know. Uh, the Smithsonian Institution also begins making long-range weather forecasts based on solar cycles. So this, this is the other thing, solar right? Solar cycles. Yeah, like trying to, I mean, because people were collecting information. Like, it's not like nobody thought about weather for right. hundreds of years. It's just they were collecting information and compiling it, but they couldn't really predict other than based on like historical data. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like radar is when shit like really popped off yeah. and they didn't have that then. Yeah, 100%. Um, so 1940s, the Navy gives the Weather Bureau 25 surplus aircraft radars to be modified for ground meteorological use, uh, which also kind of springboards the weather radar system. It's like, okay. hey, we got all this military equipment. Maybe yeah. you could start using that for weather. And then the 50s is when you start seeing the the weather the weatherman yeah like the guy on your new show who and initially it was just kind of like comic relief which like if you think about willard scott for example like yes. he used to be bozo like yeah, he sure. used to specifically be a clown like the weatherman was more like oh we have characters and stunts and costumes like haha we're the funny guys lighting yeah. up your day until shit got real and they were like <laughs> put away the put away the clown but yeah, it wasn't until the 70s that the weather presenter became part of the news team. Okay. Like, oh, hey, guess what? Weather is news. Maybe maybe we should Weather is news. Considered news. Um, the 60s is when the first Doppler radar was installed, 1969, at a TV station in Tampa, Florida, uh, which obviously made a huge, a huge difference. Uh, and then 1982... Is when you saw the Weather Channel. Yes. Yes. Triggered from an idea by John Coleman, the weather man on ABC. Weather should have a channel. <laughs> that was a that is a recreation of the. I mean, it probably the, is pretty accurate. Yeah. He was the weather man on, on Good Morning America, uh, and he partnered with Landmark Communications to put the Weather Channel on the air. Okay, so somebody went to him when he's on GMA and was like, you'll never be a star. You're just a, a weatherman. And he's like, but what if weather was the channel? I've got it. We'll make weather the channel. Do you think it was like a telethon at first? Like he was the only employee and they were like, you got to stay up there, man. Yeah. <laughs> we had 18 more hours in this day. <laughs> I just want to go to bed. The weather hasn't changed. It's been four minutes. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> oh, man. Describe a tornado you saw one time that was really, that was bitching. Uh, okay. Uh, so it's real windy. Super windy, but in a circle. <laughs> uh, and then 1990 uh, was when the supercomputer showed up. So this is when they could start doing the like numerical weather production models. So start like saying, okay, if this happens, then this can happen. And if this heads this way, it'll look like this. And yeah. here's the 70% chance of that. And I will never, ever forget pre pre pandemic, we were on tour. And we had plans to do this Disney trip with the fam because we yes. were going to be in Orlando. But Hurricane, I want to say it started with an H, Howard maybe, something like that. I don't know. I am not going to be able to pull it, was barreling towards Orlando. I mean, Florida. Florida, sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and we were really rolling the hard six on whether or not it was going to curve. And we didn't like cancel our plans because we were going to be in Orlando for the show. Griffin anyway. was on that weather radar 24 hours a day. Like, talk about day. weather channel. And then they, the, I remember the venue canceled the show yeah. because they were a hundred percent certain that it was going to just smash into Orlando. But then by some like, 
fluke, it curved at the last second and completely, or at least mostly missed, uh, like landfall in, in central Florida. And so Disney, we ended up going to, and it was abandoned. Yeah, I feel like we were like a group of what was maybe like 120 people there. <laughs> and we will never recreate. It was a bummer that we the, the show got canceled because we ultimately could have done it if the, the venue had not scrapped yeah. it. Although, obviously... You got to make the call that you that you yeah, got to make. Course. But yeah, I but we learned so fucking much about like weather pattern projections and stuff like that. Sarah Davis, uh, who who works with us, uh, is is a, a Florida resident and is like always boots on the ground. Like, well, here's what this means about this uh-huh. hurricane and this tropical storm's looking a little sus. Yeah, uh, and I think that a lot of people who live in Florida have to get good at that. Yeah. Uh, and and I found it and and like the Houston area for Houston for, that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, if I lived in Galveston, I would probably keep my fucking head on a swivel for yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. Galveston's on the coast, right? That's like uh-huh. uh, ocean side on the Gulf, right? Yes. Yeah. We've been there before. No. No. We've been to <laughs> South Padre. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is still obviously not 100% accurate. No. Um, and there are a lot of things you can't account for. Like, for example, when we had the freeze, we had been told there was going to be a freeze and it was going to be bad and that we were potentially going to lose power. Yeah, that was less a weather prediction problem and more a stability of our state's entire yeah. fucking infrastructure yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, I have also seen that despite the fact that there is a 10-day forecast, really only within three days can yeah. you have any kind of accuracy. Like there are a lot of things still to be improved in weather forecasting, but oh man, what a difference it makes. I always thought the Farmer's Almanac was a, a joke. Because it's like, here's a book, you buy it, it's going to tell you the weather for the rest of the year. It's like, uh, are you sure about that? And that's a lot of what weather forecasting was initially was like for agriculture reasons. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to plant a bunch of stuff if there's going to be a freeze tomorrow or whatever. You know, like you had to kind of put all of your resources yeah. into this crop and you had to do it in a way that it was going to be successful. So you needed somebody to tell you, like, yeah. is this going to work? I can't do my corn party. On Friday, yeah, because it's supposed to be pretty windy. Yeah, and then when I have the the corn statue that everybody dances around, yes, like the wind will just pick that right up. Yes, for the corn party. When the children do a, a corn tag, a corn corn. When tag? the children have a corn fight, mm, yeah, yeah. No, I've heard of the corn fight. The corn tag, you lost me now. Corn tag is like a non-contact corn fight. It's like a night. It's a because gen- like, the kids get a little like too excited. Flag football, except it's yeah, corn. right. Because the children get a little excited sometimes, and they throw the corn a little too hard, too hard, and the child gets hurt <laughs> uh-huh. with the corn. But um, God, I would love an old fashioned corn party right about now. <laughs> I'd know. love some old fashioned corn right about now. Yeah, we've never talked about corn. <laughs> Should we do a third segment on corn real quick? It's fucking great. I, I don't have anything to say about corn. I don't either. Our baby's crying. I can hear our baby crying. Uh-huh. It's really harsh in my fucking mellow. Totally distracted right now. Totally, totally. Hey, let's wrap up. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in our uh, episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go check out MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have there, shows that you're just going to have a great time listening to. How about Judge John Hodgman? I was just on an episode of that where I helped adjudicate uh, a case, several cases about Dungeons and Dragons. I haven't listened to that one yet. I listened to the Flophouse that you were on, though. Yes, that was a a great time where I talked about the war with Grandpa, Uh a film that 
lives rent-free in my head for the rest of my life. <laughs> we have a bunch of new stuff at McElroyMerch.com, uh, some new like Taz uh, uh, stickers and designs. Uh, there's a Count Donut pin, I believe. Uh, yeah, I saw that. It's really great. There's a bunch of stuff there. McElroyMerch.com. Check it out. And we're still going on tour. If you go to bit.ly slash Tours, you can find tickets. Uh, we're just about to do Mabim Bam and Taz in Boston and then Mabim Bam at the Foxwoods Casino in Mash and Tucket. And then we're going to be coming to like Salt Lake City and Portland and San Diego and Detroit and Washington, D.C. and Cincinnati. Uh, so, so come out and see us if you live in one of those places. Or even if you don't, go to those places and see us. We'd love to see you. That's for damn sure. And maybe you'll see a baby on the plane. Maybe you'll see yeah. two babies on a plane. That's the dream. Two babies, their heads squishing out through one chair crack. Oh, Can like you a little eat? like stair stack. And they're twins too. <laughs> and they've got, and they have little hats on. And mustaches. <laughs> and they have mustaches. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.